ladies and gentlemen, before starting today's show, we just wanted to address something. Um, as you guys will notice in the show, Trevor Johnson is not here with Chase and I today, one of the original co-hosts of the show. The reason being is that his brother, Will Johnson, recently passed away, and we just wanted to pay respects to just let you guys all know, you know, so no incorrect ideas are formed about what happened, and we just hope the best for Trevor in this time of struggle, and we also wanted to pray for him and for his family. So everybody listening, if you're religious, if you're not, just take, I want to take this time to say a little prayer for him and his family. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you, God, for this day you give Chase and I, God. Thank you, God, for all the blessings that you put in our life, God, and just for everything that we have. Thank you for this platform that we have to be able to hopefully make people's days a little bit better. And this time, God, I ask you, God, to please continue to be with Trevor and his family, Lord Jesus Christ, in this time of difficulty. I ask, God, for your powerful hand and for your spirit, God, to be with them, God, and to give them strength, peace, and just for your love to be with them in this time, Lord Jesus Christ. You understand all things. You know why all things happen. We don't, God. But you are God, and I know that you do everything, God, just with a plan. And may your blessings be with them, may your spirit be with them, and may you be with them in this time of, of need and struggle. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I also wanted to read just the Bible verse that um, God brought to me uh, after hearing the news. It's John chapter 11, verses 25 to 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Um, Will Johnson, I know that even though he is not with us here today, he has been resurrected and he lives in glory with God in heaven, and he is looking down on us, uh, smiling because he's in a better place with, with the Lord. So that's all we wanted to say, and we all hope you truly enjoy the episode. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Everybody needs help at some point yeah it doesn't mean that you know you can't do it it just means it'll be easier for you to get through it Mm. with a little bit of help and support ladies and gentlemen we are live for the first time in a long time, on Stuck in Adolescence Show with you today, on? myself here with... Chase Renswin, back in the cut. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a long time. I'm not going to lie, it's been a long time since I said that phrase, welcome back to Stuck in Adolescence. Chase, true. Mm-hmm. to all the people listening, Yep. let's give a little update, man. How are you doing, honestly? Right. How, how is it going in your life? What have you been up to these past couple months? Because even though most people in Sheboygan probably know that you've been at school and whatnot, you've got a couple... Listeners worldwide, you know the deal. <laughs> Not gonna cap, bro. According to the statistics, mm-hmm. we got people in France, like one guy. So we got to start speaking. We got French. someone in got Asia, a, like French one person. Here. You know what okay. I'm saying? All right. So just give an update. Shout, Shout out, out to, to those listening. people if they're listening. Right a million now. percent. Shout out to you. Um, so uh, I go to the Ohio State University. I finished uh, finals on Tuesday. Um, we did like after Thanksgiving. I got back and we didn't go back after Thanksgiving. Like Christmas break and Thanksgiving break were combined. Um, so I've been chilling, doing online school, just wrapped it up, wrapped up first semester. Um, I'm excited to be done and just relax, hang with the family, you know, stack some paper, hopefully get a job, yes, sir. donate some plasma, you know, get back into the grind. Um, so that's what I've been doing. Um, I'm still doing biochemistry. Um, it was pretty, it's been, it's been, yeah, it's been, it was definitely a lot harder than I expected it to be, but 
you know, like I, I quickly learned, and this goes for anybody who's like looking to go to college or is just starting anything new, I guess. Um, sometimes you have to learn what not to do in order to like my first couple of weeks, like I learned what not to do. I was like, okay, like I got my results back from my first test, or whatever. And I was like, was All it right, tough? Man. Was it tough? It was tough. It was, bad. It was Oh, it was like, it was like a, like a D D plus on the, I was like, all right. I was like, something's got to change. Like Jeez. I just, you know, like I just didn't know what it, I didn't know the type of effort it took. Well, and ladies and gentlemen, I mean, Chase, he was a, he was a top student at North. What were you, you were like uh, the treasurer for like national art society. So I mean, he was a good student. You know what I'm saying? So like adapting that, that, that's yeah, what I'm that's, trying to that's emphasize. A big thing, adapting, that even though like you were a great student in high school, you needed to change habits. You Without needed a doubt. to adapt Without for college. Without a doubt. How you been though? How's everything going at lacrosse? <clears throat> Not going lacrosse, Chase. What? <laughs> you my friend. No, I'm playing. No, I actually decided to stay local this year. That's the oh, thing. Yeah, no I, I was gonna be going to UW lacrosse. Oh my god! Super excited. Like a month before, I right. was like, dude, with everything going on with COVID, right, right, I right. want to pay like three times the amount of yeah, money for yeah. the same classes. I got you. Yeah. So right now I'm just going to LTC. Mm-hmm. Take it by Jedheads. Which LT- LTC? Don't get it wrong. Is like seriously one of the best technical schools in the United States. In the United States of America, yeah, it's like very, there's yeah. no debate. One of the best schools, technical schools in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Great school, great teachers. Taking my genets, planning on transferring out. Beautiful. And then um, Beautiful. hopefully things with COVID clear up. You know what I'm saying? So right. I can actually Facts. go to college and actually Facts. enjoy it a little bit. And dude, get my money's worth, man. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I like it. I like it's it money, a lot. bro. Money is money. Money is money, right? All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get let's get to the main stuff. Today is a super exciting episode because we have our first guest on the show i'm not gonna lie i'm a little bit nervous still <laughs> but we'll get over that as we keep going ladies and gentlemen now welcoming him in the first guest on a stuck in adolescence today's guest is an expert in helping people deal with their emotions and she is coming here to help chase and i with our most intimate and personal issues after many years of working in sales and marketing she wanted to transition into her true passion which is helping people in the form of counseling and therapy her specialties include helping people deal with grief life transitions and addiction but she's able to help with all different types of difficulties she has a master's of science in education with an emphasis on professional counseling from Concordia University. Shout out to all those who go there. And she is a state of Wisconsin licensed practicing counselor in training. Ladies and gentlemen, welcoming our first guest on Stuck in Adolescence, Amanda Feller. Round of applause, round of applause. Thank you. Hello, hello. You know, so... Amanda, yes, Mrs. Feller, either one. Amanda's fine. Awesome. All right. You know, before Sweet. we start, once again, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. I mean, it really means a lot. Uh, when I got the email back saying you were interested, I was kind of like, no way. You know, like I kind of, <laughs> I kind of sent that initial email out, like hoping or like just expecting you to say like, you know, like no. And I was, I was just ready to like get a no and like whatnot. But when you said yes, I was like, I was shocked. I literally sat there for like five minutes saying what you know like my dad was like what happened i'm like she said yes he's like she said yes perfect actually so well, it truly means a lot and thank you yeah and i'm i'm actually really glad because w- when i you know responded and said that i would do it and then it sunk in and i started geeking out a little bit i'm like oh my gosh i'm gonna be on a podcast i'm so excited like <laughs> 100%. so honored to be asked 100 so. percent. well yeah we're so honored to have you on and uh you know before we get on to anything a little bit more i guess in depth could you just talk about yourself a little bit more? Because even though I give a little bit of an introduction, you obviously know more about yourself than I do or than sure, what sure. I can find on the internet. <laughs> so maybe talk a little bit about what you do, why you do what you do, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So um, like a lot of people, I've always been interested in how people think, wh- why they think the way they think. Right. You know, uh, I did my undergrad at um, UW-Madison in psychology. Dope. Okay, that's it. Yeah, so, um, but when I was done with my four years, I was like, uh 
I just want to start real life, you yeah, know, yeah. like yeah. I legit want like a nine to five job that yep. I can leave at the end of the day. Jump straight and to just, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got into a couple sales jobs and realized that it wasn't. Wasn't for you. Wasn't fulfilling. Mm, just okay. wasn't doing what I needed it to do. Mm-hmm. And then um, within the span of probably about around 12 years, mm-hmm. I lost like 10 people who were close to me. Oh, okay. Um, five who were really close, one of them including my mother. Right. So it really gave me a passion for kind of helping people okay. yeah. through their hard times and just being there yeah. um, to listen and give advice. Like gave you a totally different outlook on life. Completely, completely different perspective for mm. sure. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I was actually wondering that because I mean, people who go into counseling, you have to have, I mean, right. a very big heart right. to do that. Yeah. You know and what oft- I'm saying? Oftentimes, mm-hmm. like you said, it's like, it's not just because, you know, that's where it, like that's not just because they just decided to do it. It's because, you know, like for you example, you have a connection to it and you have a history and, I don't know. I think that just means a lot for yeah, a lot million of percent. In I mean, because especially field. in America, you know, a nation that's so full of individualism, mm-hmm. you know, people are like me, 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 me. Right. I mean, to really just spend your life helping people, mm-hmm. that I mean, that deserves a round of applause. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, I agree. A round of applause. I agree. Oh, thank you. A million percent, because that really is that really is uh, very nice. And that was part of my drive to do it was just to do more. You know, yeah. do something for other people. Like okay. do your part, kind of. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. cool. That's 100%. really cool. You know, so I actually have a question for you sure. uh, to really get into it. Um, I guess just to address uh, a main issue. Uh, recently, one of our friends, he, he lost someone, right? Um, may he rest in peace. And he's, he's actually the other um, co-podcaster. Yeah. He actually yep. was the other. Yeah, he's one of the main reasons why this show is even here. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was, it, his name is Trevor. It was me, Trevor, and Chase in Spanish class. You know, we would always have these fun and funny conversations in mm. class. When we were supposed to be working, we never worked. <laughs> Shout out to Miss Mug for letting us have those conversations. I mean, we always had amazing conversations. And I thought to myself, let's record this and let's put it on a podcast. And Trevor was a key part of that, you know, because he's such a funny guy who gives great insight, who really just adds a different type of energy. And that's, that's I mean, that's amazing, honestly. And I, and I really appreciate him as an individual. And he recently lost um, his brother, Will. May he rest in peace. And I guess the question that I have for you and something that I've been like almost struggling with ever since the accident happened or he passed is what can I do? You know, what can I do as a friend? Because my immediate reaction was to reach out. But then I was like, no, don't do that. He wants to be by himself. Oh, you should reach out to just let him know you're there. And I was going back and forth, back and forth. And I was like, should I visit him? No, that's weird. And I'm like, I don't want to invade their space. And I don't know what to do. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do. And not even just for him, but... I mean, there's been several losses in the Shibuya community. And right. to all those people, what can we do in this time of, of, of hardship for them? I think that it's really important to kind of follow your gut a little bit. Um, one of the main things with grief is that it's almost as unique as a fingerprint to a person, right? The way that you grieve is different than the way that I would grieve mm-hmm. or um, even the way a sibling would grieve, yeah. right? So one of the best things that you can do is just ask, you know, what can I do to help? you know, the most they can say is no, right? That's yeah. the worst. Yeah, right. that's true. But um, just being there asking okay. and making it perfectly clear that you will be there for them through this loss from day three to month three right. to year three. Um, not, not to cut you off or anything, but that that's one of the things for me is um, I just think there's a lot of gray area on, you know, like how much you should step, how much you should help, how much you should give them their own space like that. And, um, I, uh, I was, I guess I was at the house when everything kind of happened. So obviously I'm outside of their family. So it was a very like, 
I was very, con- I wasn't quite sure how to act. I wasn't sure what to do. If I should leave, if I should stay there. And I think for me, there's just a lot of gray area. Like you said, like you talked about earlier, there's a lot of gray area for a lot of people who just don't know how much to help or how to help until, you know, like you said, you ask those questions and then they answer. Cause I think, I don't know. I think the biggest thing would just be asking questions and letting them know that you're there. Yeah. yeah. I think so. I think, you know, just being as transparent as possible because mm. for the most part, people going through the situation will tell you, right? right. Yeah. They're right. going to tell you, I need you here with me. I need a hug or mm-hmm. back up. Like, right. yeah. I, yeah, just go away. I need my space. Um, but I think it, it's important. And then it's important to think about, you know, you know them. Right. Mm-hmm. They're your friend. You know, um, you know when he wants to be left alone for the most part, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and when you know that he's in a spot where it's like, no, dude, I got to drag him out of the house because yep. he needs to get out and get some fresh air or whatever. No um and all those little things, the little things you don't think about, like, hey, I'm rolling through Starbucks. Can I drop one on your front porch? Okay. You know, mm-hmm. just all that is, like that is super important. And um, you, you talked a little bit about it earlier when you said, you know, from day three to month three. Yeah. And I think that's a that's a really interesting aspect about can, you know, every situation or any loss or anything like that, because the initial reaction of the community is everybody, you know, everybody's there to help. Everybody's helping, lending out, you know, offering help, doing everything they can, talking, reaching out, everything. And then, you know, for me, as I, you know, as, as you, I guess, go through life and you see loss, it's interesting to see, you know, the initial reaction of the whole community, a huge group of people. And then slowly, like, you know, a week or so goes by. And then the people who knew the person, the least, they kind of fade and move on. And then the next week, the next phase of people who knew them better than the last phase, they move on. And then slowly, as weeks go by, like you said, month three, then it falls on to, you know, then it falls on to just the focus group or just the family. And I think that's where grief maybe hits the hardest mm-hmm. because then you realize that everybody else has been able to move on where, you know. Yeah, exactly. And the thing with me is like when it when the, the accident initially happened, I thought to myself like, how would I feel if I lost someone? And I was just sitting there and thinking, I was like, that's something you never really get over that's just something you need to like get stronger about and to be able to push on you know and that's like my idea about it i don't know if you can like talk about it like how it really is like because you know like dude i was like imagining like losing or when you know i lose someone because life happens Mm -hmm. you know it's like dude i'm never gonna get over that i'm just gonna have to get stronger you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying to continue to push on definitely definitely and i think that's you know you brought up a good point as far as you know the way society grieves right now um you know it's typically we have this kind of weird thought where once the funeral's over, okay, it's time to pick up and move right, on. Right. And people aren't able to do that a lot of times, and right. that's okay. That's normal. Um, I actually, I realize we're on a podcast, but mm. I brought a um, visual. Okay, oh, we got a camera okay. too. Okay, so this is the best example that I found about talking about long-term effects of grief, right? Okay. So actually... a. Uh, Twitter person named Lauren Herschel came up with it. I really wish I would have because it's pretty freaking cool. <laughs> yeah, so it's called the ball in the ball in the box analogy. Okay. And it comes through sometimes on social media. It'll go back and forth. So basically what happens is when you initially lose the person, you know, this is your feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Every time the ball hits the button is when you feel that hurt, that pain, that loss, right? Okay. okay. So it, imagine this ping-ponging around in that little box, right? Okay. So if the ball is really big, the chances of it hitting the button are, are going to be great, yeah. right? Over time, 
the ball gets smaller. So as it bounces around in there, it's less likely to hit the hurt button, but the button doesn't get any smaller. Every time that ball hits, it's still, that pain is still strong and still, you know, almost the same as day one. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so that, I think that's something to keep in mind, you know, especially for, um, like we were talking about the length of time and things like that. Um, You know, that, that hurt remains the same for a, a long, long time. No, a million percent. And then like you said, you know, the best thing is to communicate, you know, to do the simple things. You know, I guess I was overthinking it. I do that all the time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just to be straight up, straightforward. Ask them if they need help. Ask them how they're feeling. Ask them if you can do anything. And if not, well, then give them time, you know, just give them time. Definitely. And I think that's very important. And again, I think it kind of goes back to um, our, our societal ideals around grief, right? Because it's like, you do start to overthink it because you you don't want to smother them. Yeah. You, you don't want to be a bother. You want to be helpful, mm-hmm. but you don't want to forget about them either. You know, it, it, it's such a shame that, you know, you wouldn't do something because you were too scared to ask. Right. Yeah. No, a million percent. Yeah. Just ask and be straightforward and you'll get the response. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Percent. Most people will tell you, you know, will tell you exactly what they need. Mm-hmm. You know, I need a hug. I need you to leave me alone. You know, if if I start crying, escort me out and yeah. let me be or, you know. Yeah, 100%. No, well, thank you so much for that. Honestly, that, that was just a question that's, you know, kind of been bugging me. And, and I also ran into Tr- Trevor at Walmart. So even there in person, I didn't know what to do. Sure. Because you know, I saw him and obviously we came in for a hug, you know, because I haven't seen him in a while. Hugged him and his brother. But then after that, I didn't know what to say. Yep. Like I literally had two diverging thoughts. One said, I'm praying for you. And one said, how are you doing today? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? To, to, because one one side of me wanted to show him or tell him, hey, I'm here for you. And the other side was like, just ignore that, Johnny. You know, talk about daily life. Try to get his mind off that. You know, I was trying to crack jokes, cheesy jokes. I don't even funny. Nobody <laughs> laughed. But I was, you know, I was trying to make him laugh or do something. You know well, what I'm sure. saying? Yeah. But like you said, just be straightforward. And uh, that way you know how they feel. Right. Exactly. So Because, I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to bring it up if and be like okay well maybe he's not thinking about it right now and if i bring it up it's going to be weird or whatever it's like Mm -hmm. no it's pretty much always in the back of their mind especially in the beginning yeah Mm -hmm. um you know so whatever you feel comfortable doing well i i'm glad you said you know how are you doing because that's one of the worst ones right (laughs) 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 because no well and most people don't think about it right because like think think about yourself right when you're feeling down or bad or whatever and someone asks you hey how you doing you're fine really, I said right. The worst thing. right right no, because no it's fine, the worst it's fine. Part, we're learning man we're learning totally fine because it's a it's such an abstract question right, right. Yeah. i don't think and i've then, ever i don't think i've ever like answered a question like that truthfully you know what i exactly. mean it's just so it's a hundred times easier to just you know be like all right i'm good i'm straight like right you know because I mean? yeah nobody is really honest about it yeah. and then again the person answering the question is going to overthink it okay well will they be able to handle my response right you know, because sometimes when we answer truthfully, people then don't know how to handle yeah. the no, response, I mean, exactly. right? Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, personally, people always ask me that question. I always try to say good, great, even even when I'm doing like super horrible, especially at school. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the reason for that is like, yeah, I, I, I don't want to like almost plague them with that, you know, and I don't want to make them feel bad and be like, whoa, you right. know, I'm not right. your therapist. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. I just wanted some small talk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. But. Well, thank you so much for answering that because that honestly was something that's just been bugging me every night and just be straightforward, communicate. So perfect. Thank you so much for that, honestly. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. No, honestly, you know, because you're sure to help us too. You know what I'm saying? You're <laughs> sure to help us with our problems. So uh, yeah. Also, another question that I had for you is on um, 
the website that I found you on, you work with all different types of age groups. Correct. H- how is that? You know, working with with one day teenagers and one day elderly. Like, is there? I think there's a pretty. I feel like you'd probably see a lot of drastic, you know, differences with how people handle grief, especially yeah. when you compare, you know, younger kids or teenagers and adults. I just, I don't know. I think that's. Or, or is your approach different with different age groups, or do you try to do things differently, or things like that? Not even just with grief, with all the issues that you work with. Yeah, for sure. I actually tell my patients when I first meet them that I try to cater everything towards them. Mm-hmm. So it is it is so individual, you know, to that specific person, oh, yeah. to um, what their needs are, to what, you know, their symptoms are. And um, I try to be as person-centered as possible because that's where you get the most results. Mm-hmm. I also, as a therapist, I'm probably a little bit more transparent than most therapists. Mm-hmm. You know, going to school, they're like, don't talk about yourself. You're there for the patient. It's mm-hmm. their therapy, right? Um but I feel like in order to trust me, you need to know something about me as well. Like a more personal yeah. relation. Exactly. So if I have an anecdote that's going to completely relate to what you're talking about, I'm going to say it just yeah. to, you know, build that trust, build that rapport, because that's so important because you're not going to open up to me if you don't trust me. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's that's beautiful because like you said, you're, you're for every person it's different. You come in with like a different, I guess, format depending on the individual, you know, specific to them. And what's great about that is like you're not coming in like very generic, you know, like with a, a list of things you're going to ask or a list of things you're going to do. And you're really just really just doing what's best for them, you know what I'm saying? And and really trying to make it just as personal as possible. And, that, and that's great, you know what I'm saying? Because people are different. And you can't come in with like generic things. Is it, um, you got, uh, you this kind of just uh, came up for me when you were talking about how you share your personal, um, you know, your personal experiences with the people you work with. Um, I guess my question for you is, is it hard sometimes to keep um, your work separate from your personal life? Because you're dealing with a lot of, oh, yeah. I'm sure you're dealing with a lot of grief and you're helping a lot of people. And it's not, it's not easy to help other people with their grief because what they're, you know, oftentimes what people do is, they're looking for support. And so some of that grief is passed on to you and you have to be there to hold it and support them. So I was just wondering, is it, is it hard sometimes to, you know, to go home after, I don't know. I don't know how to phrase that. No, question, for sure. I completely understand what you're asking. And to be perfectly honest with you, um, I really thought it was going to be more difficult, Okay. you know, just being, you know, kind of a, a very empathetic person yeah. and being able yeah. to read people pretty well. I, I really thought that I would carry a lot of that home. I mean, I would mm-hmm. be lying if I said I don't, yeah. you know, because obviously you do. Um, but I have been able to put some good boundaries in place yeah. that, like he- you know, healthy, healthy yeah. boundaries. That's good. This is where, you know, the work is, this is where home is. hundred percent. Okay. And then, you know, just some really good self-care and coping skills. What's some of that self-care that you do? Like some things you like try to work out, you try to like meditate, anything you do to make sure, you know, that grief isn't passed on to you and whatnot. Yeah, for sure. I wish I, I wish I could do more working out. (laughs) 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 I used to, I used to be an avid runner and I haven't quite gotten back into it yet since grad school, but, um, it's what it is. is It is what it is. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, um, I do have a dog that I love. So we go for a lot of walks. Um, I like to spend time outside as much Mm -hmm. as possible. I love fresh air. Um, yeah, those kind of things. I also like to read, you know, for okay. fun, not just, you know, I try to alternate between reading a book for work and then reading a fun book okay. and stuff like that. So no, that's great. You make time, you know, for yourself and for work and making sure you keep it separated so that doesn't affect you, you know, personally and whatnot. So, yeah, that's perfect. 
No, and uh, do you have any tips to people listening? Like, hey, you know, um, I'm dealing with a lot of stress with grief. Like you said, like personal habits that they can do, like maybe go on to start working out or to people who are like struggling personally, like any tips, like yeah, for sure. lifestyle that they can change. For sure. For sure. Um, something that's kind of um, super important that a lot of people don't think about is it's not necessarily the amount of sleep you get. Mm. It's it, if you go to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time. Okay. So a uh, sleep schedule is actually super important. Um, one of my favorites also, like I said, I love outside, never underestimate the benefit of fresh air. Fresh air, sunshine, amazing. I know right now we don't get a lot of sunshine, but at least the fresh air um, is really good. Um, If you're like really stressed or feeling really anxious, um, you can put like a cold compress on your face actually. What it does is it stimulates the vagus nerve, which is one of the largest nerves in your body. And even though your mind won't calm down, it sends the sensation to your body to tell it to calm down. So that can be super helpful too. And there's a bunch of different things you can do to stimulate your vagus nerve um, to help calm down. Cold is one of my favorite. Um, But there's also the regular deep breathing, um, humming actually. And... Let's see. Those are my favorites. So those are the ones I remember. No, you know, 100%. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> I, Write those I've down. Never even, like, I've never even heard. I don't know. I've just never had that insight before. I didn't know that. that yeah, especially that one. Wait, what do you do where it, like, calms down, like, your nerve? You put a... Cold compress on your okay. face. Yep. Actually, it's called it's called the diver's reflex. So okay. it works best if you can um, put something in, like, a bag of frozen peas on your eyes okay. or whatever yeah, yeah. and then hold your breath for a little bit because what it's doing is it's mimicking your body diving into cold water and the oh, shock wow. of that but that sensation helps to actually calm your body down i'll have to try that yeah definitely yeah, everybody okay. listening i mean take these tips and apply them to your life because honestly personally i don't know what it is about me but i feel like i mean i guess it's with everybody but when i'm gonna do something like this podcast or if i'm going to talk in front of church you know because i help my dad out and whatnot or, or even in school in high school when i would speak in front of people i had like a lot of like anxiety you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying and when i tell people that they're always like really i wouldn't expect you to be to have anxiety because you're not really the shy type of person it's true but it, it's it's honestly like i mean there's been times in the past for church where i've had to like step out because that like that anxiety was like overriding me like, and it was crazy, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I have to take some of those tips. And is there anything else, actually, I guess, for you to help me? <laughs> any tips? You know, I'm going to take advantage of this, you know? Like, any tips for, like, yeah. anxiety? Because I'm not going to lie. Sometimes yeah. it's, it's, like, overwhelming. Even when I start deep breathing, when I start, I do, like, positive self-talk, mm-hmm. it gets to the point where it's, like, it's in my mind and I just can't get it out. Yeah, for sure. Well, like I said, that cold one is is one of my favorites, you know, because you can do it anywhere. You know, if you're in traffic, you can stick your head out the window if it's cold, you can crank okay. the air conditioning, you know, you can step into the bathroom, splash cold water on your face. Okay. So it's kind of, it's an easy one okay, to do. Yeah. A little life hack, yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. The other one is, you know, everybody says deep breathing. Well, deep breathing can be like super abstract, right? Yeah. right. So, and it's some, come, sometimes hard to concentrate. So what I tell people to do is to use their hand mm-hmm. and to breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. So okay. that then you're concentrating on your breath, and watching your fingers and okay then so you can concentrate exactly you're taking your focus yes off, because yes. when i'm deep breathing i'm like and then, and then it's like it's like a thought you're gonna mess up and i'm like frank you know no i gotta relax you know what i'm yeah. saying like i don't want to think it's about like it's thoughts. like your body's like telling you why you're deep breathing almost. exactly it's like i'm it's, doing yeah. this so i don't get scared of this and it's like well 
Now I'm scared. Now I'm scared again. It's <laughs> exactly. Like now I'm scared again. Like it's a problem, and I, and that's that's for a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Anxiety, mm-hmm. like honestly, and it and it's something that's so tough. I mean, really, anything to do with mental issues is so tough mm-hmm. because like. I mean, obviously you don't see it. It has something that physical. And like you said, you can ask someone, how are you? And, th- and they're they're not doing good. Our, our cameraman's... But, but they, are, oh, wait, never mind. I lied. Had enough? No? You had enough? All right, bet. Okay. But like the, the thing with like mental issues and whatnot is they're so difficult because someone could be dealing with anxiety, with depression, and all that stuff, and you don't see it, you know, and they're not, you know, um, showing any physical symptoms. Like, for example, my parents, I love my parents, they're absolutely amazing, but they come from a more traditional time where to them... If you're not dying, like physically, you're fine. You know right. what I'm saying? Rub like, some dirt on it, you're okay. Exactly. That's what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying. Like my dad, he has a saying: if you can eat food, you're not sick. I'm like, what are you? I'm trying to survive. <laughs> like, I'm not feeling good. I'm trying to survive, and especially with mental issues, that's tough in a lot of cultures. Yeah, it's so tough. I mean, I guess for all those people listening, even like myself, who are part of those cultures, mm-hmm. like, what can we say to our parents to help them understand that a little bit? Or like, what do you think approach we can take to? I don't, I, you know, like help out with that. Cause it, it's tough, especially for me when I've dealt with like mental things, my parents are like, you're fine. Even yeah. though I'm not fine. Right. And I think that, you know, that, that just is a struggle because yeah. there, there, there are some cultures that just, it, it just, does, you know, you keep the, you keep the problems in the family. Mm-hmm. You don't need to talk about them. Um, but you know, they are very pervasive across everyone, yeah. across all cultures. And, um, you know, a lot of those mental ailments can cause physical ailments as well. Yeah, you know, um, you know, to use your dad's example, you know, <laughs> people lose their appetite, you That's know, facts. people can make themselves physically sick from just being tense and yeah. all the time. So um, I think, you know, just reminding them that those struggles are still a part of your body, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it it may be more intangible, mm-hmm. but it still has physical effects on your body. Okay. okay, a million percent. I do think I do think people forget, you know, how often our physical state is connected to our mental state. Which you know, I, that sounds like super f- philosophical, but I think it's true. <laughs> I think you know, people undermine that. And then I don't like talking about like I mean, not even like the relationship that our mind and our body has, but like the power of the mind, you know, and yes, like things like that. So. And I actually have a question to ask you, kind of like going off on a little, on a little different road. Do you believe like in um, <laughs> do you believe like in manifestation and things like that? Like thinking about um, like good thoughts and they'll come to you or like you oh, know like what I'm the saying? power of positive yeah, thinking, like the power right? of positive thinking and stuff like that. Like, what's your like thoughts on that, honestly? So my thought on that is actually, you know, not necessarily that you're manifesting something, but if you're looking for the positive, you will notice the positive. Okay. Okay. So like, for example, in a depressed person, mm-hmm. because they are, you know, pervasively sad, what they're actually doing is they're creating a neural pathway in their brain that constantly goes to the sad, Yo. constantly goes to the bad, right? right. So what happens is that's all they notice because your brain is trying to filter out all this information that's around you, right? Mm -hmm. And you tend to focus on what you like or what you, what is important to you, right? Okay. So when you're in this mental state where you're very sad, you notice all the negative stuff. So in order to treat that, you have to start thinking a different way. You have to break those pathways that make you notice all the negative things. Mm -hmm. And then that helps. So to answer that question, I guess, if you 
focus on the positive, you will notice the positive. Okay. So it's not necessarily like some that, sort of magic thing. Right. Like, it's not necessarily I'll, that I'll you're creating it. Yeah, okay. It's yeah, okay. that you're looking for it. So you okay, see it. A million percent. I think, I think for me, that's one of the, one of the that's biggest right. things that I have a hard time with is when something doesn't go my way or I get the short end of the stick. It's really, it's really easy for me to like, just have a completely negative lens. And like you said, focus on all the negatives and you know, even like my mom, she's like, Chase, like, you know, like stop focusing on the negatives. Like you, like you have good stuff around you. Like, can you focus on that or whatever? And like, obviously like for anybody, like I know I should be like, you know what, you're right. Like I should be, there's all this positive stuff going on. And, but it's just really hard to, you know, to, like you said, break those neural pathways. And is there like, um, I guess a direction that somebody should take in order to try yeah, to change focus, their mindset yeah, to focus and, and on oh yeah, for sure um it's it's a technique we call reframing mm-hmm. which is just a different way of looking at things right okay. so take take the thought that is um bothering you or making you sad or whatever mm-hmm. say you didn't get a job mm-hmm. um you know what what what's your default right oh i didn't get the job i suck you yeah, know okay. things like that right so think about it no maybe there was somebody who was just better qualified and i'll get the next one right, right? Okay. so instead of making it a very negative self-talk you're changing it to more just an open-ended yeah okay. that's kind of the way things are a million percent no facts and um i guess kind of going off how you're talking about like kind of like a neural approach in like a little biography it said that um you your approach is based on cognitive behavioral model of therapy is that can you like just elaborate yeah, on it that sounds like i heard that and i was like oh. like, or <laughs> what, like what kind of a, i guess what kind of approach that is and sure it is it is legit just a fancy way of saying connecting your behavior and your emotions okay. and your thought process. Okay, cool. And the way that all three of them interact and can affect each other. Oh, well, okay. okay. Right. So very very much how we were talking about how, like the power of the mind that Johnny yeah, was talking about. Yeah, exactly. Cool, mm-hmm. okay. Yep. Man, science, man. Always putting these fancy words on <laughs> these, know, on these topics. But I mean, that was really the <laughs> hardest part about science. You know what I'm saying? Like a super intense word. Oh, what does that mean? Air. I'm like, what? Like, like something, <laughs> something really simple. You know what I'm saying? No, but yeah, I mean, positive thinking, that's something really important, something that I need to like reincorporate into my life because when I was a little bit younger, like two, three years ago, I was always super positive and I felt like life was better for me. But now when I'm a little bit more negative, I feel like life is worse. But like you said, no, it's that I'm focusing on the negative more. You know what I'm saying? And that's not, I just got to rekindle that positivity into my life. And like you said, self-talk. I mean, is there anything else that people can do to, you know, like maybe write down 10 things that they're grateful for or yeah, you know, exactly. things like that. Like what yep. else do you think nope. people can um, do? So I use a technique called GLAD, mm-hmm. um, which is super helpful. And the letters stand for um, something you're grateful for, okay. something you learned, something you accomplished, and something that caused delight. Okay. So, um, you know, it's just something you can jot down like at night before you go to bed, when you right. get up in the morning. Should we do that right now? Try? <laughs> hey, what is it? What was she started? Glad. Grateful. Okay, grateful. Uh, I'll go first. I'm grateful for you coming on to the show. So grateful, honestly. Thank Th- you. I'm super grateful for that, Chase. Um, all right. Well, I'll take a. I'm gr- I'm very grateful to have finished my first semester and have some time to have time to reflect on like what I've learned over the semester and take a break. Okay. Excellent. Dom, do you want to say something? Dom, oh, behind <laughs> the camera, he just Dom, too focused well, on the camera work. I'll go to. I'm grateful for being asked onto the podcast. Awesome. Okay, perfect. Awesome. And then what's after? Learn something you learned. Something I learned. Something I learned today or recently. Today. 
So, and don't overthink it, right? Ah, it's not, it's not like, it, right? It's <laughs> not like. about a fact that I saw on Google or something. Right. Like, I learned to ride a unicycle today. Okay. You're, never, you're not always going to have that super intense learn yeah. thing. It can just okay. be like, you know, I learned that when it's, you know, not sunny outside, I feel worse. Or, okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Don't overthink it. Okay. I learned that I need to focus on the positive a little bit more because life isn't worse or getting worse. It's that I'm focusing more on the negative. So I learned that I need to rekindle my focus onto the positive. Excellent. Beautiful. I'm going to take, um, I guess a different approach to it. I learned that, um, when I order an unwitch from Jimmy John's, I shouldn't get lettuce on it cause it's already wrapped in lettuce. So then <laughs> the lettuce is just kind of overwhelming. Excellent. Okay, perfect. That's See? actually a good yeah, tip. That's exactly. Actually a good tip. Yep. I learned that, um, People your age can be very astute and intelligent. Dude, stop <laughs> Yo, chill out. I'm going to put that in my college application. This uh, expert called me as soon, so tell you, by the way. Okay, uh, what's after learn? Accomplish. Accomplish. Something I accomplished today? Mm-hmm. Overthinking. No, I'm playing. <laughs> I accomplished having the first guest on Stuck in Adolescence because honestly, I mean... It's almost like a dream come true, to be honest. I mean, this entire podcast is like a dream come true because for years I've been thinking about doing something like this and I procrastinate all the time. So I always thought to myself, I mean, I would like dream about it, but I'm like, is it really ever going to happen? You know, I always dream about having experts as yourself on uh, on this podcast and to actually have it happen. It's like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? It's like, whoa. So I accomplished that, having the first guest on Stuck in Adolescence. That's that's amazing. Awesome. I, um, something today I accomplished was, um, I, since getting back to Sheboygan, um, I haven't had a gym membership because I've been at school, so I haven't needed one. So I got a gym membership and I um, donated plasma. So Excellent. All right. Um, I accomplished some Christmas shopping today. Okay, perfect. 100%. <laughs> That's, That's really absolutely good. absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Christmas is coming up. What's after accomplished? Delighted. Delighted. <sighs> today? Something I'm delighted about today? All right, I keep saying that. All right. Delighted. I'm delighted. Or like something that like makes me happy? Is that like Yeah, something that brought you delight or happiness. It can be um, simple or... My parents, honestly. What? Because they helped me set all this up. And before the show, I almost texted me, do you need anything? Do you want me to come? Do you want me to help? Do you want me to do anything? And it's just almost reminded me that my parents love me a lot. You know what I'm saying? And that they've really done so much to just make sure I'm way better off than, than they were. Honestly, because they've their, their life story, they're going to be at the podcast one day, Chase. Their Beautiful. life story is insane. And they just continue to do everything to make sure that my life is as smooth as possible, you know, as, at least as much as, as they can do. So I'm delighted to have the parents that I have, honestly. Shout out to them. Beautiful. I'm Excellent. really loving these intellectual answers. Um, <laughs> you know the deal? Um, got a flex for the colleges. <laughs> no, for the colleges. Something, uh, something that has, I guess has been delightful for me today. Uh, one of my homies texted me, um, and we're going to like get dinner tonight as like as a group or whatever like a couple of us so awesome. i think that was cool i haven't yeah, seen them in a while so for sure okay um actually when i was uh, turning off of taylor onto superior i looked at the guy next to me and he smiled and i smiled back and it was just nice <laughs> to have <laughs> that perfect. like right. that facial connection okay. right yeah, with with another person like little things man a little thing no exactly. that is amazing because honestly that could turn out a lot more awkward trust me it's happened to me all the time right? oh yeah i turn he turns we look away and then we turn again <laughs> oh look away and I just, I'm like, dude, stop looking. Like, when is it like right. turn green or something? It's, like that? it's crazy, like how much those little things do matter, especially to somebody, like, especially to somebody who is struggling. I do think little things like that can yes, mean much that, more. Than that people that is on. one thing that I have been really trying to promote. Um, you know, in 
the business contacts that I have with my clients is mm. just, especially right now, it's all the small things you can do, 100%. right? Because it's, it's like I said, it's very hard to, to smile at people, right? Because yeah. you can't see their faces. But, you know, just to, to be polite, to hold a door, um, any little thing that you can do to be kind and polite to somebody is, is going to go a long way right now. A million percent, yeah. And yeah, those small things matter a lot because... Personally, I mean, I don't do it as much anymore, but in the past, you know, I was, I would always try to smile at people. I always try to like say, have a great day or, you know, God bless you. Every, I mean, Chase could probably every, not. every day. If you yeah. like, if you saw him and if you saw him in the hallway, he'd be like, all right, what's up, man? Have a great day. God bless. Every I, time. Every like, time. I, I mean, back then it was just a habit and I didn't really notice the impact that it really had. But, you know, then people started reaching out to me, you know, for example, I'm not going to say her name, but it was someone in the hall who I said, have a great day too. And mm-hmm. after they hit me up and they say, you really made my day with that. Like every so, time I see so. you in the hall, you always bring up my mood. Thank you for that. Thank you for saying have a great day. Thank you for smiling my way. And at first it was like, it was something small. Like, what's the deal? No, like, <laughs> but you know, you never know what people are going through. And that simple smile can really make their day a million times better. Like there's this example. Yes. I was in Pizza Ranch just one time. Pizza Ranch, absolutely amazing. Shout out to Pizza Ranch. Didn't want to sponsor the episode actually. No, but imagine. That'd be cool though. No, Pizza Ranch, absolutely amazing. And I said, God bless you to, 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 this, uh, to this lady. And... You know, she said, God bless you back. And then afterwards, before I left, she came up to me and she said, she, she almost started cheering up. She's like, it was honestly so beautiful to just see young people like yourself, you know, spreading the, the love of God and things like that. And she, she my, my dad was like, you should have gave her a hug. I was like, no, I don't even know her. But like, you know what I said? <laughs> she yeah. came up to me. She started like almost tearing up and all that. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, wow, something so small. A little bit of positivity can go such a long way. Right. And it... it it always shocks me when you, you do what comes naturally to you and then somebody's surprised by it. Right. Um, you know, th- there was a one time when I was in line in Walmart and I had some crazy dinosaur t-shirt or something on it. <laughs> the guy in front of me turned around and commented and I just started talking to him. And we had a, a whole conversation while we're just waiting in line. And yeah. when he was done paying for his stuff, he turned around and he looked at me and he goes, thank you. I'm like, for what? Right. He's like, for having a conversation. He's like, most people wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that really shocked me. It's like, how hard is it to just be nice and polite and receptive to the people around you? No, a million percent. I mean, there's a quote by The Rock. I'm going to say it right now. <laughs> it's, uh, it's nice to be important, but it's important to be nice. Mm-hmm. That's a good. That's actually. That's a great. That's, that's a, a great, great quote. quote. I mean, that's, that's the, rock, like excellent. the quote of the day. Or that's something. the rock that's right good. there. You know, that's what I'm saying? is an absolute demigod. You know, I mean, people like him with positivity. It's it's absolutely amazing. Honestly, you gotta stay positive, and uh, yeah, he's gotta stay golden. I guess um, this came up for me when when you were talking about how you say um, God bless. Um, so kind of like people who are dealing with grief oftentimes turn to religion or you know what I mean to something in that realm i guess of life so do you see a lot of people who come to you and want to talk to you about religion or talk to you about how god you know may may or not may or may not be helping them or making it easier for them because i feel like that's a big part of dealing with grief for a lot of people who are part of the church and i just wanted to like is that something that you see more than often or yeah um so you know, as, as a therapist, I'm not, you know, non-denominational, right. non-biased, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but I do see that grief causes people either to, um, you know, cling harder to their religion or it separates yeah. some people yeah. from right. it. Yeah. Um, right. you, you know, you have that catharsis, that crisis of like, well, why did this happen? You know, why, yeah. why would a good God let this happen? Mm-hmm. Um, t- 
type thing. So um, I, I just I've, honestly, you know, because I'm not a religious advisor, I just try to guide people through their own journey right. the best way that I can, you know, and answer their questions as best that I can. Mm-hmm. No, a million percent. And yeah, like you said, either some people cling harder or they hard, you know, or they turn away completely. I mean, I've obviously growing up in the church my entire life. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. And I mean, my dad, you know, the reason why he turned to God is because he didn't have a father figure in his home because there was problems in his home because there was so many things going on that he needed someone to turn to. And, you know, he turned to God. I mean, I have another person in the church who, who lost his father, right? He was murdered. And what he did was turn to God, you know, but then there's other examples of, of people who, who lost someone who were very religious and then turned away from God, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just interesting to see that. And, and honestly, it's interesting to see like the... Even, I mean, even if you don't believe in God, just the the benefits that, you know, religion and I guess what what, what it really goes to show is that having a support group is so important. Right. You know what I'm yes, saying? Yes. Rega- yeah. Regardless, yep. you know, if, if you take religion out of, the, out of the picture for just a second, I think the biggest thing you said is just having a support yeah. group. Because that's, exactly. that's what religion is sometimes, you know, just having yes. uh, church members to talk to, to have your pastor to talk to, you know, that's the importance of just having people there. Yeah, and and that brings up a you know a much larger point about community, mm-hmm. right? Um, that that's a lot of what religion sometimes brings to people yeah. is a community yeah. and a sense of community. You know that that's one of the basic questions that I ask when I have a new patient is, do you have a good support system and who are they? Mm. Um, because that is so important and it is very hard to find nowadays. Um, you know, if you don't have a tight knit family, if, um, you're new to the area, it's very hard to meet people and trust people and build a sense of community, of support, of friendship, um, things like that. Um, I guess building off of that, you talked about, you know, having a support group and community and stuff. And, um, I want to ask you about social media and how, because f- a lot of people get a false sense of community or you know what I mean anything like that through social media and I was I literally you can I, you can go off on a tangent because I just think social media has definitely made it harder especially for newer generations to deal with maybe not grief in a sense of loss but grief in the sense of like self self-loathing or you know what I mean something like that and I just would wanted to ask your opinion that's on fast. social media yeah no exactly that that's a that's an amazing point right because that's the other part of grief too right is you don't necessarily have to grieve a person mm-hmm. sometimes you grieve an opportunity that you lost mm-hmm. or right. you know things like that right. right so um but it's kind of the same process right but um that is one of the things that I have been studying now and doing some continuing education work on is the effect of social media and what it's having on our society in that's exactly what it is, you know, because people are relying on their technology for all their communication. Um, you know, younger kids are not getting driver's licenses mm-hmm. because everybody's in their phone. Right. They don't need wow. to go anywhere. You know, when I was 16, it was like, no, you needed a car because you needed to go right. with your friends. Hang with, and, and with the squad. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, yeah, there, there's a there's so many things that it's doing and um, there is actually some very fascinating research right now too on the way it is actually affecting our neural pathways. Okay. It's legitimately changing our brain. No, a Jesus. million percent. I watched a film. Um, it's a technology film. It's on Netflix. It was like one of the top rated films like in the nation and the social dilemma. That's what it's called. Yes. Have you seen that? Yep. The social dilemma. Excellent. Mm-hmm. In that film, I mean, there were people who worked for Google, you know, people who worked for Facebook, the CEOs, the people who created like the marketing teams for these huge social media platforms. And one point that was brought up is that 
certain companies, certain platforms hired psychologists, people who studied the brain to be able to figure out a system to keep people hooked on yeah, to their social media. It's crazy. And mm-hmm. it's insane. Like they, at the end of the day, like social media platforms, you know, you're, you're not the consumer. You're the product when using that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what people need to realize. Like they don't care about if you're doing good or bad. They care about that screen time. Yeah. And that can be super harmful because in the film it was saying like they'll they'll show you stuff that maybe you don't want to see so you can comment and so you can have a rant in the comment section so you can stay longer on the app, you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, exactly. that's insane. Well, and, you know, to speak to that, I think this is just opinion. Yeah. Okay. However, um, I feel like that's sort of reinforcing the idea of everybody sort of digging their feet in the sand as far as my opinions are right, yours mm-hmm. are wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, before, you know, I don't mean to bring politics up, but it's a very good example, right? Before we used to be able to agree to disagree. You have your right. opinion, I have my opinion, oh. you know, but we were still respectful, right? A million percent. Right. Now? But now I believe that that social media um, algorithm that right. is only showing you things that are important to you exactly. is reinforcing in your mind how right you are about a certain subject mm-hmm. And then that really is giving you this delusion almost right. that you are 100% correct 100%. and everybody else is 100% wrong. Right. Yeah, not only that, but the social media platforms, uh, they'll send you stuff, like imagine you're a Trump supporter, supporting the Republican Party, that isn't even true. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, these platforms don't care about facts, they care about your screen time, going yeah. back to that. So they'll send you constant documents and, and fake newspapers, you know, bashing on Democrats, bashing on them and praising your party. I mean, this goes both ways. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, I support, you know, you said, but I don't want to get into politics, but you know what I'm saying? Like that's mm-hmm. yeah. super dangerous. And that perpetuates not only just misinformation, but that idea of I'm a million percent right, you're wrong, and then the name calling starts right. You're stupid. You're ignorant. Get your facts right. No, you get your facts right, and then it's like, oh, pointed figures, and it just separates us even more. Exactly. And it's so mm-hmm. sad to see, honestly, especially yep. in politics, because I mean, I know people who have lost friends because of that, and it's just, I don't know, not worth it. Right. Have you seen? Have you seen? Because obviously, this year has been. There's been a lot going on in the world of politics. There's been a lot of disagreement. There's been a lot of like frustration. Um, you know, a lot of, just a lot of emotion. I think that's the biggest thing. And especially yeah. in politics today, there's been so much more emotion involved oh, yeah. with it than there has been. And then, you know, you put, you put the pandemic, um, on top of that, you put people staying in home with, very, you know, sometimes very close, their close family, which for better or for worse, being enclosed with your own family, <laughs> it kind of sucks sometimes, <laughs> but has, has that, you know, has that made a difference in your work and the people that come to speak with you and, you know, I don't know, that you end up working with. Yeah, I think so. Um, And I also feel like people who before may not have felt like they needed to seek, you know, outside help Mm -hmm. are more inclined to do so now. Mm. Um, And and just a a different category of people, maybe. Um, I'm starting to see a lot more people with anxiety. um, A lot more people who would normally... um, just sort of write themselves off as, nope, I'm just type A, high functioning, you know. Right. Um, but not being able to control what's going on around them, right. you know, kind of sets them in a spiral a yeah. little bit. Um, yeah, I'm very worried about, you know, what the mental health impact of this pandemic is going to be, mm-hmm. um, especially with one of my biggest fears is isolation, yeah. um, especially now that, you know, companies can see that they can, you know, 
cut overhead by having people work at home, oh, right? Yeah, right? Well, a lot of people, sometimes that was their only human contact right. was going to work and leaving the house. Um, the other thing is because we're not, you know, we're supposed to be six feet apart. We're not supposed yeah. to touch each yeah, other. Yeah. People are very touch starved, Yeah, you know, because if you live by yourself and you're not supposed to touch anybody that's not a member of your household, I mean, that's, that's different. And we, we are social animals. It does... Draining. send signals right. to our brain when we're touched by another human we we crave that we mm-hmm. long for that mm-hmm. so um missing that for a lot of people is difficult no a million percent i mean even when i when i saw trevor at walmart and i gave him a hug i mean not to call myself out sorry guys we were wearing masks and everything but mm-hmm. you know came in for a hug it was like whoa like i haven't done this in a while yes. with someone who isn't like my dad or my mom and i love mm-hmm. my mom and my, 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 i love my mom and my dad but it's different you know it was, it it is. Is different and it was for just sure. like embracing someone it was like wow I also wanted to go back to another point you said that a lot more people have been coming out to, I guess, ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, what what can, I guess, we do or what can, like, people do to almost... The people listening. Yeah, to break that stigma about, like, reaching out for help. You know what I'm saying? Because I know me personally, when I was younger, I was like, if I had an issue, I was like, I'm fine. I don't want to reach out for help. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I need to stop. I need to stop being a victim. I need to stop... Uh, being so weak. That's, you know that's, a, very, that's a very yes. good way to put it. Even, exactly. in, even with like masculinity and all that, I need to be more of a man. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing too that's coming to my mind. Like what can we do to you know break that and, and say, hey, you know what? It's okay to reach out for help. Yeah, and that just goes to the whole you know stigma of trying to break the stigma of mental health. You mm-hmm. know, everybody needs help at some point. Yeah. You know, and just there's no shame in asking for help. Um, there is nothing wrong with you if you just need couple extra tools in your tool belt Mm -hmm. to be the best you you can be. Um, I think it's, you know, a really good point for that because it's, it doesn't mean that, you know, you can't do it. It just means it'll be easier for you to get through it Mm. with a little bit of help and support. A million percent. And like you said, everybody's going to need help. And I think that's something important to know. You know what I'm saying? Because the thing with mental issues, a lot of people hide them. So imagine, for example, Let's give Dominic, right? He's going through mental issues. You're not going through anything down. I'm just giving you as an example. <laughs> you know, it, it, for him it, for him in his mind, he might be like, I'm the only one going through this. I don't want to plague anybody with it. And yes. like you said, everybody goes through things, you know, and all of us are going to need help at a point in time. And that's a big thing to remember, you know? Yes. That we're a lot more similar than we think. Definitely. That's an important thing. And the fact that I think a lot of people also have this thought of, okay, well, it'll pass or mm. it's it's not severe enough to require help, right? Mm. Well, if it's causing you an issue in your daily life, it is a problem, yeah. right? Do you, um, you know, talking about how people sometimes are reluctant to, I guess, expose themselves or open up to other people when they're dealing with problems. Do you ever see that with clients that you work with? Like, Because obviously they reached out to you for help, but do you still you know, see maybe a wall between them, like really opening up and giving kind of all of what they're dealing with to you or, you know what I mean? Definitely. Definitely. There, um, that, that, that goes back to, um, the point that I made earlier about trying to be transparent and and build a trusting relationship. Um, because a lot of people have experienced a lot of judgment on their problems or, you know, kind of like been told to suck it up or move on or whatever. So, um, it takes time. It takes a lot of time, you know, to just kind of get through that, that tough exterior, you know, and that's kind of the, the benefit of a therapist sometimes is that, um, 
you know, I'm non-biased, non-judgmental, right. you know. And you're going to keep, you're just going to keep going and going until they. Right. And and that's what I'm there for. You can come in and emotionally barf all over me. And yeah. that's kind of the point, <laughs> right? That's kind of you the know? point. Yeah. Yeah. Because people, um, they don't want to, you know, express their emotions because they don't want to emotionally barf on anyone. They don't want to exactly. be like, I don't want to bother you. But, you know, reaching out to a therapist, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that's an important thing that people should like almost normalize because people are like, oh, you're seeing a therapist? You have problems. Like, right. it's like we all have problems. Don't right. judge me. Exactly. I'm just willing yes. to accept them and willing to be a little bit more vulnerable, you know? And exactly. that's going to help me in the long run. Yeah, definitely. Oh, my oh yeah. I, was, I feel like it's, it's, um, it's almost like, you know, in, in under the umbrella of normalizing it, it's almost like you're going to see a personal trainer. People work out their bodies, you know, and Facts. it's it could be it's excellent. It's the analogy. same thing as you know working out your mind, and you know maybe not working out your mind, but mm-hmm. working on your mind. Yeah, yeah. that was nice. That was nice. <laughs> quote that. Quote that. Quote that. Um, <laughs> do you? How often? Um, or not? How often? How long do people come and like see you for? Like, is there like for weeks, a couple days, a couple sessions? Like, is it very dependent? It's on? completely person dependent. Mm. Completely. So it, it all depends on what they're going through. Um, you know, some people come in for a couple sessions, mm-hmm. you know, maybe once a week, every other week, and then they're good, and, you know, and I discharge them. Some people are there for years, right? Wow. you know, yeah. and some people will step out for a time because everything's going well, and then they'll, you know, step back in because they're in crisis or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, but, you know, one of the important things to remember, too, you know, and this goes along with getting rid of the stigma is because it's easier for you to learn and absorb the tools that I'm giving you when you're not in crisis mode. Right. Mm. Because your brain is processing at a higher level when you're not kind of in that freaking out fight or flight. Yeah. Mode. Mm-hmm. So it's almost better to come in and learn the skills before the freak out right so you know you know how to handle yeah it's like having those tools ready you know like imagine in in my car i have jumper cables always ready there you know i'm not waiting for for my battery to die be like oh not any cables oh it's not gonna help me now if i'm (laughs) stranded in the middle of a highway you know what i'm saying (laughs) better to have those tools right now you know even if you even if you're feeling fine if you're feeling great you know reach out talk to the experts because at the end of the day they're experts for a reason you know what i'm saying and they're here to help at the end of the day so yeah million percent Mm -hmm. get those tools in the toolbox yeah, for sure. And one of the things that's unique about my practice is that um, I, I run a cash practice, so I don't okay. bill insurance. Yeah. Okay. And what a lot of people don't realize is that if you use your insurance for mental health reasons, they have to give you a diagnosis. God, dude. So you would have a, med- you know, I, you have generalized anxiety disorder and that will go on your medical record and it'll stay there. So a lot of people, if they, you know, because they think, well, I'm not there. I'm not diagnosable as anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you come to someone like me, I don't need to do that. I, I can treat you for your symptoms right. and I don't have to Regardless give you Regardless of... Yes. It's insurance, bro. Well, yeah, I, no. I, we, could, we could start talking about <laughs> insurance. <laughs> insurance right? Dude, I watched a film story. in Insured Diversity Studies about insurance. I don't even want to talk about that. I'm going to barf. I'm it's pretty... Barf right a, sometimes, I don't know. Like, obviously, like... You know, we're just... We'll like, we're like 18 and we have a long way to yeah. go when it comes to mortgages and insurance, but... For me right now, my perspective on insurance is a little iffy. I don't, you know, I just don't necessarily, whatever. It's just kind of a nasty game. But um, I guess, do you, so you're talking about like the people who come and see you. Do you do any group therapy or do you meet with the groups of people or families or is it more like individual focused? 
So I have I have done I have done group before. Um, the clinic that I work at runs in LGBTQ plus. Yeah, I was gonna group. bring that up. Oh, yeah. cool. on, on, cool, the, cool, cool. on the website, it says LGBTQ plus youth. Actually, yep, it is. is it's a yeah. youth. Um, yeah, that's for awesome. Under eighteen. That is awesome. Yep. So um, I actually don't facilitate that group. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do that group, and then we also run a pet loss support yep, group. Yeah, that's also yeah yeah also cool, cool. 100%. So um, but. If I'm seeing, well, so I usually see individuals or couples. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also do some couples work. Cool couple therapy. Yeah, I feel like cool. you've probably seen a couple. <laughs> you've probably seen some a couple couples. There. A couple <laughs> couples. Yeah. yeah. A couple uh-huh. couples. You know what I mean. And um, if for some reason I am seeing somebody and it would benefit them to have a family member come in to facilitate a conversation, I also do that. Okay, no percent. Cool. Right. No, I, I actually have a cool question. You said you work with couples. <clears throat> And you probably you obviously know how the mind works. Any tips on how to pick up girls? <laughs> 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 like any psychological tips? Like anything I have to say and in a certain tone to be able to like persuade them? <laughs> be honest. Like hypnotize them. Yes. I'll be honest. Just be honest. Just be honest. Just be straight up. Yeah. And I think you should just be confident. Yes. Easier said than done, dude. <laughs> okay, yeah, Easier right. said than done. Confidence goes a long way. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, a million percent. That's true. So, um, <laughs> do you, do you often like talk with the, with the LGBTQ plus group, do mm-hmm. you like meet with them and have group sessions or is that, um, I don't know, like, is that under your, is that under your umbrella? Like, is that what you... No, I don't facilitate the group, so I don't lead okay. that group, okay. but, um, I have participated in it. I think they're doing it on Zoom right now because oh, okay. right. yeah, with COVID, everything going on with COVID. Yep. Right. But our whole clinic is LGBTQ plus friendly. Cool. So. Oh yeah. That is awesome. That, that is absolutely amazing. Um, also in one of my classes in general diversity studies, I've been learning a lot more about the struggles of LGBTQ plus people mm-hmm. and it, it really is insane. You know, everything they go through. I mean, it's basically like... Especially at a younger age, like oh, you said, eighteen percent. and under, when you know when everything's very new and everything's, you know, yeah, and especially people who are like obviously hiding in the closet per se. I mean, you're just living every day not as yourself. Right. Like that's right. horrible, and and not only that, but in society, obviously, there's still a lot of negative stigmas over LGBTQ mm-hmm. plus people. I mean, I was learning sure. about that. There's still, I mean, think about it for 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 so many years. You know, um, experts even thought that, you know, being gay or homosexual was a mental illness. I'm pretty sure I was reading that up until like 1973, the APA, like American Psychological Association, classified homosexuality as a mental illness. Correct. You know what I'm saying? So now our grandparents, and that's, and our that's great-grandparents. What, that's what, like literally 50 years ago. That's what I'm saying. Right. So there's people living today who said, no, you do have an issue. According yeah. to science, you, mm-hmm. ha- you have an issue. You know, Correct. it's like, like that's that's it's just cra- crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. That That's just crazy to me. And like, is there anything that... I mean, again, going back to the people, because at the end of the day, you know, this new generation, we should, or I think we, we're capable of, of changing and breaking some of these stigmas. What things do you think we can do to, to help with this stigma and to help get rid of these incorrect yeah. and bad ideas about LGBTQ plus people? Or, or even just bit the barrier between people being afraid of coming out or, yeah. or just any, I don't know, anything in that Anything area. in that realm, really. I think... To be honest, I think it's as simple as just be kind to people. Right. Try to be as kind and non-judgmental as possible, um, because uh, yeah, everybody's going through something, and you don't necessarily know how your kindness is going to give them that extra sense of of comfort, of security, of confidence in themselves. Um, so I just I really think that that's a huge part of it. No, a million percent. Yeah, just be kind. No, a million percent. Like, I mean, for example, I'm going to give an example of Chase. Super nice guy. I'm going to give a story. When I first came to Urban, middle school, uh, I uh, first went to Horseman. 
I transferred out because I was a horrible student. Thank God, not pulled me out of there. But I went to Urban, and, and I'm not gonna lie, it was a little bit tough. It was a little bit tough being coming to a new school and everything like that, and, and wanting to fit in. And someone who I noticed was always kind was Chase. I mean, I mean, Chase. Chase was a cool guy. Let's be honest. Like Chase is the boy. You know, it's like he would walk around with his head up. He was always, you know, saying how to teach, always making people laugh. And a big thing for me is that the, the first couple of days that I that I went there, he was kind to me, mm-hmm. and he would tell me like, "Hey, you know, sit by us or walk with us," and that really like helped so much mm-hmm. like like the first time he said like you know hey come with us it was like whoa you know what i'm saying like like i stepped out of my little door and i almost you know i feel like i could be myself exactly. and just because he was kind just because he said you can walk with us just because he smiled at me or said hi or anything like that you know what i'm saying like i said being kind can help so much yeah th- i mean that's a fantastic point because think about you know how comfortable you are with your friends how much more yourself you are with your friends. Yeah. Well, why is that? Because you trust them, because they're nice, because they're understanding of you, yeah. right? So if we're nice and we make people feel more secure, they're going to be more likely to be themselves. Mm-hmm. A million percent. No, and honestly, thanks, Chase. Honestly, for always being a nice guy. Like, it really <laughs> means a lot, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yay. Chase is a nice guy. This is the boy. A million percent, that means a lot. And actually, you were talking about like friends and whatnot. I actually have another question, personally. Might as well get some help, you know what I'm saying? What, what tips do you have with toxic relationships, toxic friendships? Because at oh, the end yeah. of the day, Couple, like, there is times where, especially for people who are very empathetic, where they're in a relationship that's hurting them, mm-hmm. and they want to be a little bit, I guess, I don't want to say too nice, but you know, they don't want to cut them off because they're saying, no, I don't want to be mean. you know, mm-hmm. Or like, no, mm-hmm. like I'm here to help them. But, you know, they're being affected by that relationship. Like, what tips do you have for people in toxic relationships and things like that? Exactly. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Mm, yeah. When it starts to negatively impact you, you have to cut the tie. Yeah. Because you can only react to what a person does. You can't control what they do. Yeah. Right? You can only control yourself. Um, and so just knowing when to say no. And it's, yes, it's very difficult, especially if you're an empath, especially if yeah. you're somebody who, you know, oh, makes excuses. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're just going through a hard time or they won't have anybody if they don't have me. Okay, well, maybe if they don't have anybody, they'll start to self-reflect and wonder why. Yeah, um, so, yeah, having very strong interpersonal boundaries can be helpful. And it can, it's hard, right? It's hard to cut somebody off, you know. Um, I always love the term um, psychic vampire, which is basically somebody who like, you know, sucks all your emotion and willpower. Right. Like you're yeah, exhausted yeah, yeah. after talking to them because yeah. they've just kind of sucked everything out of you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you really need to put up firm walls with those. No, a million percent. And, that, and I think that's super important that you share it because we've been talking about being kind. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think we have to realize that being nice and being kind doesn't mean letting people step all over you. Correct. I mean, I was, I was going to try to look up a Bible verse that talks about that, but like, it's not working. I mean, I mean, not like bring it to religion, but just because there's a verse that, that my dad always tells to me. Because mm-hmm. my dad, super nice guy. Because my dad, super. No, but my dad, though, super nice guy, absolutely kind person, but he doesn't let people step on him. And he always reminds me that there's a verse that he always tells me that you have to be like as, as, as humble and elegant as a, as a dove, but as, as astute, I think dove. that's the word is, dove. as a dove. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast right there. No, but, <laughs> but you have to be like as, as humble and sensitive as a dove and kind as a dove, you know, because they're elegant and whatnot, but you have to be as, as firm as a snake, you know, like just not letting people step all over you. And that's important, super important. Definitely. You know? mm-hmm. And I think sometimes there's a fear behind that, right? Because especially people who tend to be 
overly kind, overly nice and get taken advantage of. There's this fear that if they put their foot down, if they don't let themselves, you know, kind of just always be the nice person that no one's going to like them. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So there's a, there's a built-in fear there um, that, well, if I stop being nice... Like this, this isn't who people think I am and then they're going to be... Okay. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, again, if it's hurting you, you, you need to put that boundary in place because it's not helping anybody for you to be, you know, squished. A million percent for being that welcoming mat for them. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yes. Do you, um, do you do a lot of like, sa- like saving relationships? Like when people come in, when couples come and see you, I guess, for, for couple therapy, is it like, have you seen couples where it's like, you can tell that they've been like, oh my God, like fine, let's go see a therapist and see if we can, you know what I mean? Like, cause I don't know. I feel like that might be like kind of a stigma is like, is like the let, like going to see a couple therapist is almost like the last, the last like, all right, like, come on, like we got to make this work or something like that. Uh, I've been fortunate where I've seen a lot of couples that, um, I guess, catch it on the front side. Mm-hmm. I okay. want to say they're not at that desperate last ditch, last ditch. effort okay. point. They're That's like, good, yeah. you know, something's not working here and we want to invest in this. And so we just, you know, nine times out of 10 it comes down to communication no a million percent and that's in you know important for all couples listening and don't be afraid obviously to seek help and seek a therapist because i know there's a saying that a lot of people have a kid to try to save a relationship you know what i'm saying like don't have a kid go see a therapist a lot cheaper a lot easier and you're, you know you're not gonna regret having that kid you know 20 years you know 20 years down the line you're not you don't have like, to make an 18 year commitment to your exactly right, right. um 100%. shoot what was i gonna say man Oh, I'm mad at myself. I had a good little, like, not a quote, but, um, little saying. Um, yeah. well, do you have any tips on being sharper on the mind? Like any mental things you can do? Cause like you said, Oh, I got it. I got it. Oh, um, <laughs> so you talked earlier about, um, how, how people, when they're in the crisis mode, you know, they're dealing with a lot. So they don't soak up kind of what you're offering, the tools you're bringing to the table. So like you said, when couples see you, they're almost more, it's healthier to see you when, it's in the healthier side or healthier state in order to have those tools on your tool belt to deal with, you know, later Correct. Uh, discrepancies. Okay. Correct. Mm-hmm. Cool. No, that's perfect. A million percent. Yeah. You got to seek help because I mean, it, it can save you a lot of problems, you know, save you a lot of problems just so you can help. That's <laughs> true. All right, we're at an hour right now. Is, oh, is this a okay. good time to, do you have any, any other things you want to ask or any other things you want to bring up? Just because um, I don't want to keep it for too long. You know, I don't want to take your time or anything. No, you guys um, are good. I mean, I don't, I think, I think we've covered a lot and yeah. I think the biggest okay. thing, I guess, I guess one almost like kind of like a conclusion, like kind of moving in that direction. Okay. What, so our, um, a lot of our listeners, our peers are obviously our age, you know, 17, 18 seniors in high school, you know, kind of just start, just starting adulthood, I guess, which poses a whole new landscape of problems and, you know, opportunity, opportunities for grief to set in so i guess what would you tell you know kind of kids our age who are transitioning transitioning into adulthood as uh, not ground rules but just any type of advice i guess um so one thing that i like to say is be confident in your goals but be flexible in your path okay um because a, i've never heard that before that's yeah, actually, never. I like i'm gonna write that down actually i think that um especially at, at that age you know you you have all these goals and you just but you only see that one way to get there. And then when you hit that first stumbling block, you kind of fall apart a little bit because you're like, oh, 
this is not how this is supposed to go. This is, I didn't want it to look like this. Well, it's not always going to work out that way. So, you know, just be flexible. Yeah, you may get there, but it may not be at the speed that you initially intended or it Mm. may not look the way you wanted it to. Um, But just to be flexible and realize that just because something didn't work out doesn't mean that it's never going to work out. Oh, no, a million percent. Yeah, just realizing that life isn't a straight road. You know what I'm saying? It never is. It's never going to be. And uh, that that can harm the mind a lot, too. You know, when you try to make everything a straight road, you know what I'm saying? Like for me personally, that's something that I try to do sometimes, you know, try to make everything a straight road. When something goes wrong, I'm like, I start freaking out, but then I have to take a breather. It's fine. You know, it's not the end of the world. Let's let's learn from this and let's, you know, keep keep moving, keep persevering, you know, and I, do. I was thinking about that when you were talking earlier about procrastinating and putting off starting the podcast and things. <laughs> yeah. Um, people, you know, sometimes think that procrastinators has a negative stigma, but I actually found that most procrastinators are perfectionists. And the reason that they don't want to start is because they don't want it to not be perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. I'm a perfectionist. perfectionist. (laughs) Wait, what does that mean? Does that mean I'm perfect? No, does that mean I'm perfect? No, I do. I do understand that because I feel like I've, I've definitely procrastinated sometimes and it's not because... I don't know. It's just like almost like you're scared to do it wrong, I guess. Exactly. Oh, yep. wow. Mm-hmm. A big thing in my life for so many years, the fear of failure, the fear of change. Yes. That mm-hmm. personally, I mean, coming into high school, we said in the, in the past podcast, like I wouldn't like want to like try out for sports. I wouldn't even want to get involved in clubs because I was afraid I was going to do something wrong or, or just afraid of mm-hmm. that failure. And like, thank God I've been working past getting over that. I mean, but man, that's plaguing. That is horrible. Like it literally, it just filled me with a bunch of regrets. You know what I'm saying? So yep. got to get rid of that. Got to get rid of that. Yeah, I listened to that episode. I thought you guys made some really good points. No way. <laughs> no way. That's what's up. Wait, shoot. What episode was that? Was it was that the first episode. The first episode. First episode. Oh, yep. Yeah. I, I really liked your thought as far as, you know, to like have no regrets, but don't use that as an excuse to do stupid stuff. Oh, no, a million percent. Like YOLO? No, don't YOLO. All right. Think about it. All right. <laughs> Consult with your friends. Don't just YOLO it. You know what I'm saying? No, so be smart. Oh, thank you. I, I'm very happy to hear that you enjoyed the episode. Means a lot, you know. That's, that's, what you know what saying. <laughs> that's sick. Um, yeah, I think we covered a lot of ground. I think I've asked yeah. everything I want to ask. Sure. Um, Chase, like you said, you had that great concluding point of just, you know, tips to the teenagers listening on how they can approach their life transitions. And you work with like people who deal with life transitions. That was one of yep. your specialties. So mm-hmm. that's great. So, I mean, I guess it's a great place to end the podcast then, right? Maybe? All right. Sounds good. All right. Um, before we end, maybe you could say your name, your number, if anybody, wanna reach, if anybody wants to oh, reach yeah, out yeah, to yeah. you for help, you know, because a lot of teenagers oh, listening. Yep, and, and yep like for that. sure. Um, so again, my name is Amanda Feller and I'm an MSLPCIT. Mm-hmm. Um, the best way to probably get a hold of me is you can look me up on Psychology Today um, and then you can contact through that webpage as far as email or phone number. Um, I'm really happy that you can do email because i know that for some people making phone calls is incredibly nerve-wracking oh, yeah, a million so. percent. <laughs> online ordering amazing With, yeah oh, thank god <laughs> so, yeah email's amazing godly yep so that's the best way to get a hold of me and yep and then we, i also do um you know because i believe that the therapist client relationship again is very important um so if you know you're thinking about coming to see me i do this thing it's called a therapy shop mm-hmm. it's 20 minutes no therapy is done but it's like a meet and greet so you know the to build that base layer yep. of the yeah. client can see okay. who i am can ask cool. me any questions and then if they're comfortable you know we can we can start a therapeutic relationship but it kind of um 
takes away kind of that fear of, gosh, I hope we're going to mesh, you know, oh, yeah. and I'm, I'm going to commit to this. And then what like if I it hope doesn't work gonna out? Like I hope going to go well or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, I like how you said that a relationship, you know, it's not, it's not a business. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, healthcare and things like that. People have made it a business, but you're helping people and you want to make it a relationship. So that's, that's beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely amazing. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, please reach out to Amanda if you need help or anything, right? Let's break that stigma over reaching out for help. It's, uh, it's, it's okay to reach out for help. And like you said, we're all going to need that help a point and a point in our lives. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you very much. What, which ep- what episode is this? It's going to be episode number four. Episode number four. Episode number all four. Right. All right. Uh, it was a big one because we had our first guest on. Once again, Amanda, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you very so much. much. Thank I you mean, very much. truly is a dream come true. I mean, I'm going to go home and I'm going to lay in bed. I'm going to be like, I did it. Let's go. <laughs> Thanks to Amanda sending back that email. I did it. I mean, honestly, um, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for listening. And we'll catch you on the next one. Yep. Have all a right. great day. If you're listening today, have a great rest of your day. And um, like you said, don't be afraid to reach out to be confident and you know be there to offer help to other people who need it if you notice that you know maybe they do need a little just a little nice thing like we talked about just something something small so 100 all righty ladies and gentlemen we'll see you next time adios deuces peace